You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's John DePietro, weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2 on AM 1380. It's time for our legal segment with me, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off, if you don't mind, and that is this uh, executive order that Governor Raimondo has put out. It goes into effect tomorrow. It has to do with everyone wearing masks. Um, Something that is a little unusual about it is... um, I think the predicament it puts a lot of retailers in, and that is that it says in the executive order that if if I or someone were to go not wear a mask, the retailer still does not have the right to not serve them. And so they can't be kicked out of the business. Um, But let's talk at least what people are going to wonder, and that is this business that's starting tomorrow, executive order about these masks. Yes, it's it's very troubling, John. Um, I, I think that the governor, and again, we've said it before, she's in a difficult position trying to balance public health and safety versus businesses getting open versus infringing on constitutional rights. She does have, at the outset, statutorily provided powers in the event of, in the event of an emergency. Um, There's two statutory sections, it's Title 30 and it's Title 23, uh, and both of those sections give her emergency powers. Uh, She, as the governor, has the um, power to declare a health emergency. Once a health emergency is um, declared by the governor, she does have pretty broad powers um, to... um, order quarantines, and to order other executive orders regarding uh, public safety. And she's done so, such as closing schools, such as closing businesses. Um, That's all within her power. The area where it gets a little tricky is in the executive order she has just promulgated regarding the wearing of masks, she... um, gives to the Department of Health the ability to promulgate the appropriate rules, regulations, and penalties. Penalties is the most important. If this mask-wearing edict of hers is not adhered to by members of the public, in her executive order, she does not say, if you don't wear a mask in public, you're subject to a fine of X or Y. However, under... um, excuse me, Title 23, uh, if this is all part of a relaxing of a previously um, declared quarantine, you could be fined $50 a day or imprisoned for up to 90 days. 
Now, that's not a health department edict. That's right out of the Rhode Island general laws. So there is the ability to be fined. Now, the question would be, not wearing a mask, is that a quote-unquote violation of quarantine? That would be an issue that would have to be decided by a judge. Um, There's also a separate statutory scheme which provides that if you violate any emergency edict from the governor, you can be fined up to $500 a day and imprisoned not to exceed 90 days. So there's two weapons that the governor has statutorily to include fines in whatever she is doing. She has chosen not to make fines part of these executive orders. She has not identified or pointed the public to these two statutory provisions saying, hey, folks, I don't want to do this, but if you violate this, I refer you to general laws you know, uh, 30-15-21, you can be fined $500 a day. The, the trick will be if someone is um, fined or prosecuted criminally or there's an attempt to incarcerate somebody for up to 90 days, uh, there would certainly be a court challenge. Uh, Defense counsel would certainly be contesting the constitutionality of the um, executive order, the constitutionality of the proposed penalty provisions, and what standards are to be applied um, to this executive order. Um, It's a question of the reasonableness versus the arbitrariness of the executive order and the reasonableness versus the arbitrariness of whatever the um, Rhode Island general laws provide or whatever the Department of Health might dream up. The problem is, who's going to be the test case? You walk around without a mask. You get arrested. You're going to spend a lot of money on a lawyer who's going to have to contest this in court and challenge the constitutionality of of the statutory scheme, of the executive order, of the rules and regs. Um, So if you want to be the test case and stick your neck out and be the person who challenges this, you've got to be prepared to um, face the consequences of potential fines, potential incarceration, if the courts find that um, it's all reasonable and constitutional versus a challenge that all of this exceeds the governor's authority, exceeds constitutional norms, and is not warranted. That's going to be an expensive fight. Um, And you may not get the publicity and the GoFundMe um, uh, monies coming in, like I think we'll probably get to the hairdresser in Texas, but um, there's a danger in in not going with a mask on in public. Also, the exceptions to when you have to wear a mask create a lot of ambiguity. If you're walking down the street alone, do you have to wear a mask? Part of the executive order says, you know, you got to wear a mask if you're going to be within six feet of people. There's, right. an, there's an exception if you're out exercising or walking. Um, what happens if you're walking on a beach and there's people walking in the opposite direction and neither of you have masks on? Who's going to measure the six feet? I mean, what's a cop going to take a picture and then extrapolate how far you are from each other? Are you, Good point. Five, are you five and a half feet away from each other? Are you seven feet away from each other? Um, what happens if you're walking towards each other versus walking in the same direction? So you're really not going to be exhaling on each other, if you will. Um, the mechanics of enforcement of this are going to be very challenging if law enforcement is made to go out and attempt to enforce this executive order like other executive orders have been enforced in other states. And we've seen um, police overreach and overreaction, um, physical confrontations, which in my view were were totally unnecessary based upon the conduct of the uh, ultimate defendant, And it just engenders more of a police state of spying on each other. Um, And all of this, and there are provisions, as I've said, for these executive orders for the governor to do things in an emergency, 
everything that she is able to do to limit your movement, to limit your ability to work, all are clearly against your constitutional rights. Emergencies have the ability to temporarily um, subsume your constitutional rights for the public good. It seems to me that the nature of the emergency has been satisfied. All the governor wanted to do was stop the spike and stop emergency rooms from being overly flooded with right. so many people they couldn't handle it. Now that that's passed, I think what she's doing now is an overreach. With all due respect to what she's trying to accomplish, she's not going to be able to accomplish keeping anyone else from getting this virus, anyone else from getting sick, and unfortunately, anyone else from dying. If that's the standard, this country and this state will never reopen. There has to be a reasonable middle ground to allow the state to open, knowing that people are still going to get this thing as time goes on. They're just not going to get it in such overwhelming numbers at the same time. Folks, it's John DePietro with us. This is Tim Dodd. Now, coming up, we are going to talk about this Texas hairdresser sent to jail. Also, how about first case of uh, fraud with the SBA loan? Where is it? It's right in Rhode Island, involved uh, with the Remington, uh, Remington House. Uh, also, on top of that, we'll, we'll talk about Joe Biden and a lot more. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA. MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508 336 7801. 508 336 7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part time, full time, weekend work. Uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, Class AB, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 from MEGA Professionals. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it. As far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. 
It's John DePietro, weekdays. Folks, we start at 11 and we go until 2 a.m. 1380. You can always listen at the website, DePietro.com. With this is our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's talk about that Texas hairdresser sent to jail for opening. You've seen a couple pockets of uh, of businesses that refuse to close, but this is certainly uh, one that got a lot of attention. Yes. It, it, as we were saying um, minutes ago, if you want to be the test case, if you want to stick your neck out, if you want to make a point, uh, you've got to be willing to potentially suffer adverse consequences, which you're not going to like. And this is what this hairdresser has run into because she has run into a judge who um, I think that, well, I think the judge overreacted. I think this woman didn't really behave totally in the right manner. Let's start with her. There's a, there's an edict under the emergency provisions of the governor of Texas that closed hair salons. She initially complied Ultimately, I think on April 24th, she said, I've had it. My kids need food. I need income. Um, I'm reopening. And she made a splash of reopening. She didn't hide it. She didn't do it on the down low. She did it in a very overt manner. So the local authorities issued a cease and desist order. She makes a big show of ripping it up on camera. Now, if the state allows people to flagrantly rip up um, cease and desist orders, um, that invites further civil disobedience. So after she rips up the cease and desist order, she's brought back into court and the judge in this case issues a restraining order. Now that's a legal order saying you're enjoined and restrained from opening your business. She thumbs her nose at the restraining order and continues to operate. Now, judges make orders. Typically, the public and lawyers, obviously lawyers, comply with the court's order. When the court's orders are disregarded or just blown off um, and challenged, if the court doesn't enforce its orders, the courts lose all control because the judges don't go out with a shotgun to enforce their orders. They don't go out and search to make sure their orders are complied with. They sit behind the bench and they make orders and they must make sure they're complied with or else the system kind of falls apart. Yep. So the judge was right to bring her in on contempt saying, you didn't comply with my order. Any judge would do that. I think where the judge went way over his skis is not just to say, um, Miss, Madam, you have not complied with my TRO. I'm considering holding you in contempt for non-compliance with my order. Whether you like it or not, it's my order. You must comply with it or challenge it legally to a higher authority. But he didn't just do that. If he had said, do you acknowledge that you violated my order? Yes, judge. You know, th that would have been fine. But he went further saying, do you acknowledge that um, you owe the court, the public, and elected officials an apology? And do you acknowledge that what you did was a selfish act that put the public at risk and you owe the politicians who created this thing an apology. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't think I owe the politicians an apology. I don't think that I was acting selfishly, and I'm not going to admit that. On that basis, he puts her in jail for seven days and fines her $500 a day for a total of, I think, $5,000 or $7,000. So what he asked of her was almost a setup. It, he, he put on conditions to her to avoid jail that she wouldn't or couldn't comply with. But what he asked of her, I think, went too far. So I think the judge went too far. And then she stridently said, hey, judge, I'm not going to apologize. You do what you got to do. And he did it. So now she's getting a lot of public sympathy. But the court had to enforce its TRO. And it could not sit by and allow its order to be uh, flouted in the way that she did. No judge would anywhere. But 
again, they're both wrong. She was wrong in her conduct. He was wrong in putting on improper conditions on what she needed to be. Con- Basically, she had to be contrite and apologize and acknowledge things that she was unwilling to do. Now, she goes and sits in jail for, ten- for seven days, apparently because she's made a splash of this. She's got a GoFundMe page, which has brought in so far about a half a million dollars. So she's not doing this for nothing. She's got a back end where she's getting a lot of public support, a lot of financial contributions. She's making the judge look bad. He's getting a lot of political pressure to back off. But um, I don't think he's going to back off, John, unless she comes in and apologizes. I think he's going to stick to his guns and says, she violated my order. And the judge has already penned a letter to all of these politicians, such as the lieutenant governor of Texas, who's saying, "I'll, I'll, I'll do her jail time. I'll pay her fine. The judge is saying, hey, all you all you politicians and all you folks in the executive branch, mind your business. I'm the judge. It's my courtroom. And it's my decision, and it was my order that was violated. Keep your nose out of my business. And the judge got several of the other judges who are within that county or circuit to um, sign on to that letter because the judges have to protect their orders, their independence, and you know their freedom from political or public pressure when they make decisions. I think the judge overdid it. I think he was wrong in requiring those conditions. But I don't think he backs off here, John. I think she does yeah. her seven days. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Well, this is our uh, legal expert, Tim Dodd. Now, this was, Tim, something that jumped out. Two businessmen, one of them a Rhode Island, are first in the nation to face federal charges. They lied in seeking more than 500,000 forgivable small business loans. Now, I think uh, a great line here is Lee Vilker. Uh, that uh, assistant U.S. attorney that described one of the defendants has been a fraud machine for the last 10 years. And they even apparently, allegedly, were trying to claim some kind of involvement ownership with a restaurant that I've known for years and uh, did endorsements for. And that's top of the bay. But this seemingly is them pretending that they were still operating businesses. One of them, most prominently, the former Remington House in Appanock. Yeah, these two geniuses have really got themselves jammed up. And yeah. this is the first case. This this case has gotten national attention. It's been in national media. It's been in Wall Street Journal. It's been all over the place. So when you're the first test case um, where the government's coming after you for attempting to defraud the Small Business Administration and trying to defraud the uh, Payroll Protection Act, um, they're looking at some serious consequences because I think the government needs to make an example of these guys that, hey, if you're going to attempt to defraud the system to get money that should rightfully be going to other small businesses, you're going to get whacked criminally and you're going to be punished um, significantly. These guys claim to have four different businesses, restaurants in a wireless company, and they were all phony. They either didn't have an, an interest in the businesses that were identified, or they just made up businesses and then claimed that they had payroll and employees that they needed to get payroll money for. Um, when you do such things, um, you're defrauding the SBA. That's a federal s- program. When you f- file false applications with a bank, uh, that creates federal crimes. There's wire fraud problems. Um, There's basically fraud issues. When you apply for these loans, you sign under oath, you attest to the the truthfulness of the representations you're making, and you attest that if you lie, that you're subject to criminal penalties. So these guys did this with their eyes wide open, and they got caught red-handed. It's not that tricky uh, when these loans are submitted to, to vet the legitimacy of uh, the representations being made to check with the secretary of state. Are these businesses real? Are they phony? Um, John, this is the first of what's going to be a flood of cases where individuals are trying to uh, fraudulently get money out of these federal programs. 
we're seeing it all over the place. We're seeing people fraudulently trying to get the extra money from the unemployment fund. Uh, we're going to see lots more people attempting to get money from the uh, PPP who are fraudulently doing so. And the government has to come after these uh, cases vigorously. In fact, the U.S. Attorney General Bob Barr has, I believe, um, made it known to all of the U.S. attorneys around the country that these type of fraud cases take priority. They are to be looked at vigorously, and they are to take priority over other criminal investigations right now because of the extreme emergency that the country is in and the extreme harm that's done by these fraud cases. Folks, uh, it's John DePietro with us, is attorney Tim Don. Now, coming up, we are going to talk the latest on the Joe Biden situation and other legal cases surrounding the situation with the governor's executive order uh, during this pandemic. It's all ahead on the John DePietro. Remember, for your business, mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508 336 21 and MEG, MEGA truck and trailer repair, commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110. MEGA truck and trailer repair, FHWA inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24 hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them. 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA truck and trailer repair. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes or old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401 688 Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401 688 Free estimate, 401 401- 688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Show. Folks, it's Sean DePietro weekdays uh, from 11 to 2 a.m. 1380. With us is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to just uh, ask you about an email that I received where people are wondering, and I think the way the email was questioned or worded, I should say, is it has to do, does the governor's executive order basically trump someone's personal uh, constitutional rights? That's like the gist of the question. That's a good question. It's a difficult question to answer because the Rhode Island general laws, there's, a, there's statutes, which I previously discussed, which give the governor unusually broad powers in the event 
of a public health emergency. The question is, now that the, the governor has the power under these statutory schemes, when there's a declared public health emergency, the reasonableness of the steps the governor takes and the rules and regs that are promulgated to enforce her executive orders. And again, she's delegating rules and regs to enforce this uh, new business with wearing masks in public to the Rhode Island Department of Health. Typically, statutes are drafted by the General Assembly in conjunction with the Senate, and then they're submitted to the governor for signature. That's how these laws get passed. For this type of power to find people, to arrest people, to incarcerate people, and to delegate it to the Department of Health, I think is problematic if the governor or you know, authorities from the, the various cities and towns in their police departments attempt to enforce this. Now, when the governor announced um, this policy about masks, I believe she acknowledged that there were no penalty provisions yet. She's always very good at hedging what she says and how she says it. Um, to say, look, we just want compliance. If we're not going to get compliance, we'll have to consider, you know, pursuing penalties. So people think there's an obligation right now to comply. And I'm not suggesting or recommending that people don't comply. But again, if somebody wants to be non-compliant, they have to be ready to suffer the potential consequences or to expend a lot of time, money, and resources to get legal counsel to fight off and to prove that what the governor's doing exceeds her statutory or constitutional authority. Clearly, in times of emergency, there can be a temporary lessening of what your constitutional rights are. The question is, the stated purpose of all of this stuff that she's done has been satisfied. Is this now governmental overreach? Does this now constitute an unconstitutional um, exceeding of her emergency authority? I think a good case can be made that this does exceed her constitutional authority, and it does exceed her executive authority, which is granted to, under health emergency circumstances. But that's going to be a legal fight of some significance. Perhaps the ACLU gets involved and helps such a person who wants to be the test case. Um, I wouldn't count on it. Um, so when the question is, does it exceed her constitutional authority? I think she's, I think she's delving into an excess right now. Um, but although that's just my opinion, I'm certainly not recommending that people go right. out there and say, well, we got a lawyer saying that this is an excess. Well, I think it is. A judge might not think it yeah. is, and somebody's got to be ready to pony up significant funds if they want to challenge this. Um, I think that there will be litigation about this going forward. I, it, it depends how zealously local police departments want to enforce that and bring people in and on charges and subject them to criminal jeopardy. That hasn't happened yet. And Tim Dodd, it also it always seems as if, um, you know, it's the test case that they you have to be prepared of what the repercussions. For instance, uh, in Massachusetts, I know that tomorrow there's a golf course that they're planning on reopening and Massachusetts golf courses have been closed. And so now all the other golf courses are going to, you know, watch to see what happens tomorrow if this golf course does, in fact, open and. One of the problems for Governor Baker and the authorities in Massachusetts is, is if they don't do anything, then you and I are sitting there. We own a golf course. So we're like, why are we closed if this person opened and there's no penalty it, to it? it? Certain, you know, the, there's a political overtone to all of this. Um, the politics never goes out of any of these situations um, in terms of businesses that are allowed to remain open, businesses that have to close, and how zealously Massachusetts will go after this golf course where the woman is saying, we've got to reopen because we're, we're dying here. We're starving. Um, and there's no legitimate reason for it. We've got in place a whole system of protocols um, 
which would be in line with what would be necessary to open up any type of business. So why are we specially kept from opening? Apparently, John, right now, 45 states have already reopened golf courses. Massachusetts is one of five that hasn't. Yep. What's the public policy for that? What's the scientific basis yeah. for that? You know, we're talking about what the governors can and can't do. And it always circles back to what's the science? So what's the science for saying you can't have a golf course open? To me, there, there's mm. no reasonable basis for that. To me, it's, it's um, executive overreach by the governor of Massachusetts to say golf courses have to stay closed. When this lady yep. opens, it's a woman, she owns the golf course, and she's challenged. Yeah. She may yes. not get the same GoFundMe bump that the hairdresser in Texas has. Uh, that remains to be seen. Right. Um, and also, uh, Tim Dodd, let, let's talk about the situation with former Vice President Joe Biden, because a number of people are asking, how come he isn't being investigated? How come the police aren't investigating? Uh, this, this is the problem with something that, you know, this happened, if anything happened, uh, back in, I think it was 1993, early 90s. Initially, uh, you know, some friends remember, even her mother, that she said something. But somehow, the past few years, this went from he was, you know, uh, making her uncomfortable or maybe hitting on her, sexual harassment, whatever it was, even though that term, it wasn't completely not used there was definitely cases of it especially after anita hill uh but now tucker carlson did a piece that this woman seems to have been a bernie sanders supporter and maybe that was potentially her motivation she was going to do some interviews on cnn and fox news sunday and canceled but um if if you're the the biden camp uh tim dodd i you know it's one thing of embarrassing allegations but do you see anything that would point to that he potentially uh, could be in legal jeopardy here of something uh, that that he I allegedly think he did. has legal jeopardy. Um, as we've discussed, this woman did file a police report. The case was the the report was taken. The case was closed. I believe that um, in the district, yeah. certainly any civil statute of limitations where she could go after um, Joe Biden for money damages, uh, the statute of limitations is clearly run. And I believe it's also run as to any potential criminal case. So from a criminal or civil standpoint, I don't believe he's in any jeopardy for any adverse consequences that he could uh, sustain in a courtroom. Um, certainly, he's denied any of this having ever occurred, just like Justice Kavanaugh denied uh, any of the accusations made by um, Dr. Blasey Ford. Um, I think that Joe uh, Biden survives this. I don't think the media is going to really press on it too much. The, the thing that I, well, we're here to discuss legal issues, but the, the hypocrisy, uh, it, it's interesting. It was actually Jake Tapper, of all people, um, was interviewing Governor Whitmer, uh, who's been way out front in overusing her executive powers. And Tapper asked her, you yeah. immediately came out in support of Dr. Blasey Ford. You immediately gave her story credence. You immediately said, we must believe women. You immediately thought that uh, Judge Kavanaugh did everything that Blasey Ford um, claimed without any corroboration. Yet now with Joe Biden, this woman has far more um, contemporaneous um, support for what she claims happened at the time. And you immediately say, I, I believe Joe Biden. And she really couldn't give a good answer to that, nor has anyone. Basically, they say, well, since I know Joe Biden and I know his reputation, I believe him. Um, that's contrary to the notion that you must believe all women. Joe Biden was out there two years ago, said we must believe women. Women are to be believed. You shouldn't question them. Um, so it, it undercuts when women have legitimate claims of sexual assault or sexual harassment. This double standard business and how different accusers are treated by the public and by the mainstream media, it kind of cheapens or lessens the claims of all women, because what are we now going to believe or disbelieve women based upon 
your political motivation. Certainly people who want Joe Biden to be president, they're going to believe him and discount this lady's allegations. I don't know if this woman's allegations are true. I think she is a problematic person. And I think if she's getting advice, she was smart to cancel her interviews because there's a lot of material to look into regarding her background, her past, her previous support for Joe Biden, her previously published written papers where she's praising Joe Biden. Um, She's very much of a mixed bag. I don't know if her allegations are true or false. I don't know that we ever will. I think that Joe Biden should, um, for the sake of public appearances, say, fine, we'll, we'll set up a committee to go look at all of my personal papers at the University of Delaware. There's a way to effectuate that. Uh, he's resisting it. That, that resistance creates very terrible optics for him because it makes it look like he's hiding something, even if he isn't. Um, so Biden skates on this thing from a legal standpoint, Um, politically, he creates problems for um, folks in the Me Too movement who have suddenly had an epiphany to say, we don't have to believe all women. Uh, We can believe Joe Biden and just not believe this woman because all complaints aren't treated the same. Uh, And I think that's a terrible um, development in the legitimacy of the Me Too movement. I think it uh, cheapens their credibility and it makes what they say sound like political hackery versus legitimate concern for women who claim to have been um, abused or assaulted by men. Folks, again, he is our uh, legal analyst, Rhode Island uh, top attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always. Thanks, you too, John. Take care. Well, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now, listen, you want to be prepared For what's going ahead, now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. And it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies. They fill Blue Rhino. And they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401-621-8129. 401-621-8129. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call Phil, 401-621-8129. Now is the time to stock up. It's drive-in. No wait, propane filling station. They'll fill up your tank. Now is the time. You want to make sure you don't know what's going to happen. And if, in fact, you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And again, right, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, How about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today. 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, Third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods 
third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Sole Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Sole S-O-L-E, like the sole of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. You know, Soul Source Restoration, folks, they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need. As far as residential, is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family, for your friends, for yourself? Sole source restoration, same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike CP of Sole Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Sole Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. Mike, Soul Source Restoration, and again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. What is, what would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. And with Soul Source Restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company certainly in rhode island right now but the way i understand it i've heard you're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have we utilize cdc approved hospital grade disinfectant enhanced with sporicide and viricide that we atomize by means of microthermal foggers these microthermal foggers break down the disinfectant to three to five micron which is basically a fancy word for micromillimeter this allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material giving you a true 99.9 percent kill of all pathogens you know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike CP, Soul Service Restoration, it sounds fine. But I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and, and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. Mike, with Soul Source Restoration, now you have the country is in pandemic. Everyone is freaked. We are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 it's sole source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for rhode island massachusetts and connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com 
This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever, guaranteed. 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025. Or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control. Annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn Doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. Non-stop coverage. Pandemic. Worldwide. The coronavirus. Hits Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. You can listen live at the website. If you ever miss any coverage at the website at the top, click on radio show. You can listen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's John DePetro Show. And as always, you can email me, john at dipetro.com. Much more ahead, pandemic coverage on the John DePetro Show. Well, it's John DePetro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now listen, you want to be prepared for what's going ahead? Now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. And it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies. They fill Blue Rhino. And they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401 621 8129 401-621-8129 Johnson Propane 904 Manton Avenue in Providence call Phil 401-621-8129 now is the time to stock up it's drive in no wait propane filling station they'll fill up your tank now is the time you want to make sure you don't know what's going to happen and if, in fact, you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And, again, right, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. <laughs> 